0: Welcome to Compassion Radio 360.
1: Good morning and welcome to Compassion Radio 360. We are so glad that you have decided to join us today.
0: And it's a brand new year, so we're glad to have you all back with us, friends. Sandy had some thoughts on how to start the new year, right? And that's where we wanted to start Compassion Radio's 360 program today. So, honey, tell me about the article you ran into that said to you, this is a great way to get ourselves focused on the good stuff that God has for us in 2023.
1: Well, our idea for Compassion Radio 360 program has been to highlight stories and things that have come up in our news feeds that we subscribe to. Stories that have prompted us to uh, just go, wow, yay, God, or yay, (laughs) humanity for, for thinking this up or for doing these great things and highlighting those things so that it encouraged all of us. And one of the things that you found, actually, a few weeks ago was the good news generator. And we talked about that on the last 360. So I went back to that and I found this article and it just brightened my day when I read it.
0: The reason we brought it up is because we want you folks to be doing the same kind of thing. <laughs> go, go mine it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. It's going to make our job a lot easier this year because it actually will send to us the good stuff if we ask for it. And of course, it's not exactly a curated list. This is probably AI doing its own thing on the internet somewhere trying to find things that people would say are good news. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a lot of fluff you got to go through, but there are always gems that pop up. It's helpful. Mm -hmm. And we're going to try to find some really good articles over the weeks to come from that generator that we'll be highlighting on the program each week. And this one you found really kind of tug at your heartstrings this week. Mm -hmm. What's it about?
1: It's about food insecurity, Hmm. which is a huge problem around the world.
0: And the term food insecurity is not something that's just an emotional statement of people feeling bad or worried about something. It actually is a term used Mm -hmm. within the world of humanitarian relief to talk about the degrees upon which people are in danger of starvation or malnutrition. Mm -hmm. There is a likelihood or a strong potential that there will be a time in the given year ahead of you where there will not be enough food to feed everybody on a given day. That's the minimum threshold. Right. And there are people all across our country that we do know, because it's been talked about more in the past few years, that have food insecurity as a regular part of their lifestyle. They're not sure if they don't have a job at the end of the week, if they'll be able to feed their kids.
1: Well, even if they do have a job, food is expensive. And
0: inflation is going up. And inflation
1: is going up. Everything is more expensive now. And so we have to look at that and say, this is a real issue. And it's in every community, bar none, across the board there is In our country alone. insecurity. Yeah. In our country, yes.
0: In a way that helps people today, not just an idea exactly. that might have an effect later exactly. down the road.
1: Well, we know from studies that have been done for years now about school-age children. Right. And if they come to school hungry, they cannot learn as well. They don't have the energy or the strength to really focus and be able to learn like they need to, like they should be able to. So that's why a lot of School food programs have been implemented across this country.
0: America started paying attention to that just a few years ago and decided that the school meal program actually was a good way to address some of those issues with communities because they could open up early and actually start serving breakfast, Mm -hmm. not just lunch. In all those areas where they actually started serving breakfast, scores came up. Yes. So they know it works. They know that kids were hungry and therefore they were addressing it directly without having to call people out or single them out And the urgency became even more acute when the COVID pandemic erupted Mm -hmm. and canceled schools all across the nation suddenly didn't have this support program going for the kids. Now, we did notice there was a number of school districts across the country that decided, you know what, let's keep the kitchens open and start fixing these breakfasts and actually deliver them to Mm -hmm. families that we know have requested it before. Mm And that did make a big difference in food insecurity in a lot of communities, even when school was not in session. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as 30 cents spent on a couple of scrambled eggs and a piece of toast. And since schools are now back in session, they've resumed these programs and have become even more important because Mm -hmm. of the inflation that's been hitting us in the past couple of years. During that time of COVID, going back into the open economy wars have started. All kinds of things that have caused inflation to kick in and wars to start between countries that have really affected all of us. Mm-hmm. So this issue of food insecurity is not going away right away, but the answer to it is right at our fingertips. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah.
1: So there's a gal named Letitia Springer who lives in the Atlanta, Georgia area, and she noticed that there were some real issues with people trying to feed their families and to have fresh produce and to be able to keep it have a place for it, living in smaller houses or whatever it was. So she had been in Europe in the early 2000s and had seen something called a community refrigerator. And she thought, well, that's intriguing. And she did some research and found it's pretty common in Europe, apparently. Hmm. Now, you and I know from having traveled in Europe that appliances in general, pretty much across the board, are smaller in Europe than they are here in the United States. So this makes a lot of sense where your refrigerator is really small or sometimes like a a dorm-sized refrigerator in in many cases. We
0: have large families that will be shopping every single day for what they need for the meals of that day because they don't have a lot of storage Mm -hmm. and because electricity is more expensive and there's not a lot of space in apartments to have bigger appliances. Mm -hmm. So... They have to deal with it on a daily basis. And when you have a large storage or you do things in volume...
1: Costco. Costco those things. Those amazing.
0: things are beginning to show up across many, many countries, American style. But that doesn't mean that they have the storage for it. Right. <laughs> so if you have a community fridge or a large cold storage area... You can share that and share the expense and therefore keep your costs down and not have to upgrade your entire home Mm -hmm. just to accommodate this different kind of economics. Mm
1: -hmm. And what she noticed is that these community refrigerators were stocked by the people of the community. If you were at the market and you got some extra, you could put it in this refrigerator. And if someone needed it, they had access to it so the idea was take something out put something back in
0: giving from your abundance and taking when you need it.
1: exactly and she thought why not do this in america why shouldn't we be able to do this on a regular basis for people in areas that need the help so she began to do some research in her city in atlanta and got some business owners on board with her got some community project people on board with her and opened up a local community refrigerator in a couple of areas in Atlanta and it just blossomed. Business owners liked it and had people that would volunteer to check out the refrigerators, clean them out and take care of them, maintain them if needed. Local business owners would actually sponsor the refrigerator on their property, pay for the electricity and provide space for it. And that was the launching point of her organization, which is called Free 99.
0: Free 99.
1: Free 99. And so I thought, What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So I did some more digging. And free 99 is an urban expression used to describe the price of an object or service that should have cost you money, but you got it for free instead. Mm. I think it's a great term. I'm going to use that when I can. (laughs) And so they provide high quality food for free to those who need it. This name was a no brainer. This is a common term.
0: It's a sharing pantry, but it's also a sponsored pantry. So people Mm -hmm. are actually putting things in there that they're actually giving away, not Mm -hmm. just sharing. So it's cooperative. People understand that they're expected to, when they can, to participate. Mm-hmm. And they will usually publish a list of things that are requested from that community, that area. People that actually are patrons of that particular refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Businesses didn't just sign on to this because they thought it was a good idea. They said yes because she had a business plan. And that's an important part of this. She, did. she had the knowledge and the education to make this happen because she has a degree in...
1: She has a master's degree in business. So she has all of these concepts in her mind that she knows how to do this and put this stuff together. And it was a well-thought-out business plan. So why do you think it
0: was good business for these businesses to sponsor these fridges?
1: I think one of the reasons is because it's mainly done with local businesses. And these local places know the difficulties that their patrons have on a regular basis in providing for their families. So they see it on a daily basis. They see the people come in counting their change mm. to try and purchase vegetables or milk or whatever for their families or coming in using their EBT credit card and food stamps and those sort of things. And so they know what the needs are in their community. And they, I think, have seen it as a great way to give back to the people of their communities and just to be a light in a very difficult situation for people. You just
0: imagine you're a single mom at the end of the month. You've only got like maybe 30 or $40 left on your food stamps to spend and you've got a pocket full of change and some loose dollars and you have a certain list of things that your kids need and you go there and realize I couldn't afford all of this Mm -hmm. but if you know that they've also got a pantry attached to the same place whatever they can't buy with what they've got left in their pocket they might be able to pick up at that pantry at the same time there's a real strong incentive for those to be spending what money they do have at a place like that yeah. so i think it's probably not just good business and that people are in the store more often but it's good will yeah it is the business saying to the community hey this is a place for you to be and we care about you not just your money
1: yeah Well, she started out with uh, just a few places in the Atlanta area willing to participate in this program. And two years later, there are four locations that are running solid Mm -hmm. around Atlanta and two others that are about to come on board. It is just going great, like crazy in this area. People are loving it. And people that have been benefiting from this program are now beginning to participate in volunteering for this program and helping clean out the refrigerators and keep them maintained. This whole group of volunteers. And she actually quit her job and now runs this organization full
0: time. Therefore, there's the challenge. Can the community at large see the need and see this organization as being worthy of their support to make this thing happen in the community that they want to see happen? If they believe in that, they go for it. And when they jump in with both feet, they find themselves committed. And when people know they're committed to something, they'll stick with it, especially yeah. when they see the rewards happen and all the people that get helped. Mm-hmm. And the community rebounds. I mean, things happen. There's a virtuous cycle that begins. And often, again, it will be considered food deserts places where there's not a lot of opportunity for fresh vegetables or other fresh things that would be sold locally. The health improves, the economics improve, all kinds of positive things start happening in communities that bring the bottom up. Yeah. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the Word, inspiring stories from the front lines of faith, and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world. But we need your help right now to continue doing just that. Please, take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation. But there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And will be considered food deserts, places where there's not a lot of opportunity for fresh vegetables or other fresh things that would be sold locally. The health improves, the economics improve, all kinds of positive things start happening in communities that bring the bottom up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well... There's also an organization that does this very same thing in the Chicago area. And it's called the Love Fridge Chicago. And it has almost 30 locations across the greater Chicago area, supported in part by grant money Mm -hmm. that they have received from the government and other organizations. And it is largely run by a coalition of people. So this started during the pandemic as well. And one of the quotes that this guy said who runs this organization, his name is Von Hayes. And he says... When we began, I wanted to make sure that this was a sustainable program. Mm-hmm. He reached out to local grocers and other area businessmen to help get this thing started. He says food scarcity didn't start with the pandemic, which we talked about before, and it isn't going to end when the pandemic ends. And we want to make sure that we can create relationships that last. Mm -hmm. So these people are also forming a community. They're forming a group of people that have common interests, common goals, and a common love for their neighbor. And that's where I want to pivot. Mm -hmm. This is a great example of loving our neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself. We talk about this on Compassion Radio all the time. My favorite scriptures are, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the great commandments that Jesus himself put forward and talked about and said, this is the greatest thing that you can do.
0: And because we're a great commission and great commandment ministry ourselves, when we find opportunities to fulfill those objectives, those commandments, we try to do that and and give you opportunities to be involved with that too.
1: Yeah. And it's a great way to show compassion to other Mm. people is to provide for them. There are so many times that we have had as a family difficult times, times that we've not been able to provide like we wanted to for our children. And neighbors stepped in. I can remember a time specifically when we were just really strapped for cash (laughs) and thinking, you know, Lord, how are we going to feed these babies? And what are we going to do? And going out the front door of our house and there being a couple of bags of groceries on the porch. Mm. Now, we lived out in the country. Our driveway was a long driveway. There's no way I could have not seen or heard someone coming down our driveway and leaving something on the porch. But there it was. And I had no idea who left it. And we were able to make it through that time. And it was such a treasure. It was such a special gift. I still don't know who left it. Mm. And that's fine. But it reminded me that god cares for us and god uses others to care for us and this is a great way to do it this is sustainable it is a program that can be carried out all across our country in fact there's a map in this article which we will post on the podcast page of compassionradio.com of where around the country this is taking place there are i don't know maybe a hundred places around the country that this is going on these community refrigerators And it all was sparked by someone seeing a need and thinking, I can do something about this.
0: Now, imagine that you're a business owner in a small town or a suburb or even inner city somewhere that's hearing this program. You're thinking, I have no idea how I would do this. Well, get in touch with some of these organizations that are doing it because the path forward is pretty straightforward. It's not difficult. It's not real complicated. But because there are businesses here that actually have developed a plan You're not stuck with trying to figure this out yourself they actually have mapped out what's required what you can actually expect as far as your investment of time and and effort and financial or material investment and what the rewards can be how do you measure success they've got that mapped out for you so if you're a business owner that wants to be part of this plug it in you'll find out that god has some opportunities for you out there to be part of this and i would also say that in a hypothetical here how does it affect the economy in an area? Well, if you're a small business grocer, for example, that doesn't know if they can afford to buy enough food and doesn't want to waste the money by things that are going to go to waste or spoil because you feel like you got to throw it out because it went past its sell-by date or you just had too much left over the other day, you're very, very conservative in a tough economy. You're not going to buy a whole lot. Yeah. You're going to buy as little as possible to make sure you can turn a profit. You're not going to risk anything. But if you're a person who knows that you're going to be giving and you want to be able to give, you're not so worried at the end of the day if you have some leftover because you know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You said, this is my ministry or this is my outreach. This is my way of serving my community. And just by having that refrigerator in my back patio and having a little extra leftover at the end of my shipment of fresh vegetables or food. I have somewhere to put it. And I have people that are ready to get it that really need it. it, And I can do this much less expensively than if I had to go out and actually buy something for them with my own cash. These business owners know that they're feeding the system appropriately and providing for those who need it. And they're not worried so much. And it reminds me a lot about the scriptures in the Old Testament about how everyone was commanded if they owned land and grew a crop to leave a Mm -hmm. buffer, a place to glean from, As a way for people to be given an opportunity to provide for themselves because others provided for them a way to do so. Mm -hmm. And that meant leaving a buffer. Now, we know the story of Boaz and Ruth. A family was born. A future of a nation was determined because of someone's willingness to obey God in providing for the needs of others they had never met yet. Mm -hmm. And Boaz made sure that there was enough left over in his field so that gleaners, when they would come, could get some food. And because of that, he met his wife who ended up becoming the mother of an empire. Yeah, you know that, That's an amazing story. It's yeah. right there in Scripture. And it's the same principle. You don't know how your gift of time or willingness to be generous with what's left over from your business or your pocket might impact another generation of people coming up after you. You just don't know. Right. But God does, and he knows what it's going to do for your heart right now to be involved with something that's bigger than you.
1: Well, it always, always, always grows our heart when we are generous I think about the story of the Grinch at Christmas yeah. and when he was generous and gave back to the community that which he had taken from it his heart grew and we see that played out and why out.
0: did he change that, <laughs> Cindy Lou Who made <laughs> the difference right. right that's right someone showed love because to him when he did not deserve it yes. in, in a way that just changed him yeah. and as simple as that silly story is it is really true there are situations where someone does not understand why somebody would be kind to them mm-hmm. when they were down yeah or why there would be opportunity that they were not expecting because their mind's already attuned to adversity. They think that's the way life is always going to be. And somebody changes the calculus and changes their life because they force them to see a different possibility. From their own generosity came a receptiveness, a warming of hearts, an expectation that God might have something better in life for them than what they're going through right now. And that changes destinies. Yeah. We as a ministry definitely want to be a kind of organization that is about encouraging people to step up and into things that change the destiny of individuals and nations. And right now, I can't think of a more universal time to be addressing those questions and those needs on a global scale. There are so many directions you could turn right now where a simple amount of kindness and compassion could change a life, a family, and a future and a nation.
1: This also addresses the problem, like you were saying, of food waste Mm -hmm. and how so many grocery stores, so many organizations, restaurants included, throw out so much food. And it makes up 30 to 40 percent of the country's food supply. Mm. just goes to waste. And this means that food scarcity is a big problem because it it hinges on what people can afford and what they can access.
0: Yeah, imagine if we went to like 90% efficiency with our food system where the stuff we produce, the stuff we transport, the stuff we sell actually made it into pantries and into people's mouths. Mm -hmm. If we got to like 90% of our food capacity right now, we would have nobody with food insecurity in our nation, period. Mm
1: -hmm. Period. Right.
0: Now, we're not going to get to that kind of efficiency yet with our system, but people locally can improve that efficiency through these kind of programs by leaps and bounds. We're talking about a thousand percent increase, perhaps, on the amount of food that would have been wasted now being safely transported and provided for people who really do need it. And again, like we said before, if you take the load off of somebody for something they need, then what they do make in the time they have available to earn money and increase their own economy is going to improve their family and their community and move everybody up. And we have got to get back, I think, in this country to the understanding that it is no charity or loss or throwing away of money to invest in people. Right. And when we actually take care of people that can then learn to help others take care of themselves too and multiply this kind of generosity, everybody benefits. Yeah. I mean, business owners benefit from people who are better educated because they have to spend more time in school and not have to scrounge around for jobs to pay for simple things like a breakfast. They got to go back to school. They got better skills. They got to apply those to the workforce. They get better employees. Everybody benefits. Yeah. It's yeah. it's always been true. Yeah. And I think it's a biblical concept and a spiritual imperative that we pay attention to this now.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the other benefits that I didn't even realize or I didn't even think about when I first started reading the article was the benefit to the homeless mm. in areas that have these refrigerators. And they've seen a great result in that. They've seen an increase in security in these areas too, in safety in these areas because food is there and available for the homeless. They don't regulate who gets the food out of these refrigerators. They don't say, okay, you have to apply for it or you have to qualify in certain right. ways. Or they don't regulate like it,
0: but they do monitor it.
1: They monitor yeah. it, yeah, absolutely. The food is available to whoever needs it, right. whoever needs it. And because these are the ones that we're talking about in urban areas where there's a lot of homelessness experienced by people there, housing insecurity, if you Mm -hmm. will, this has been a great benefit to them, which is also a positive thing.
0: Not just to the homeless, you're saying benefit to those who are supplying their need.
1: Uh, yes, and yeah. I mean it's a benefit all around. Everyone who's been participating in these programs has been positive about the outcome and, and the, the benefit that they receive themselves. The people who are donating for these refrigerators, the local businesses that are supplying the electricity for these refrigerators, all of the things that are being done to maintain these refrigerators, the volunteers. All of these people have expressed great benefit. Not even mentioning the people who receive the food from Mm. these, which have also said there's a great benefit for them.
0: We've gone through, I think, a thousand and one reasons why we're doing this program. So we have to kind of wrap it up now. It's been a long program just talking on this one subject. But what a great solution. A solution with a plan. Wherever you are in America, if you want to be involved with this kind of movement this year and do something new in your own life to show practical compassion and generosity and become part of that solution where you are, please, please look up the uh, podcast page on compassionradio.com for today's program and follow the links. Go meet some of these people. Send an email to one of these organizations and ask how they made it work there and how you might make it work where you are.
1: Well, there may be something like this in your own community. And the the way to do it is just look it up. There's a map on here that shows different organizations all across the country that are participating in these kind of projects. And maybe there's a way you can volunteer.
0: May 2023 be a year of compassion and outreach and generosity and love in every practical way possible. Thanks, friends, for listening to Compassion Radio today. And we look forward to meeting you again Monday for our next Compassion Radio's Chasing the Word program. We'll see you then. Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? I hope so. Reach us during business hours or leave a callback number at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. You can even text the word COMPASSION to 53445. You can drop us a line, ask a question, submit a prayer request, or download a free Bible study guide in just the same way. It all happens at CompassionRadio.com. Remember, none of this is possible without you. If you believe hearing the good news from the front lines of faith builds your faith, then let us know today. We need you, friend, so contact us today.